Good morning. Good to see you all. All right. So glad you came here today. You could have gone anywhere, so we are honored that you're here. We pray that that God does something special for you today. We've been praying for weeks that, that God would, would loosen weights and burdens. And uh, some of you got prophetic words as you came in. If you were a guest on the card that says you belong, we pray that that word is something specific for you. They're not all the same. They're all different. And so we believe that you were handed the one you needed and that God is going to tell you what that means, okay? And he's going to unlock something for you. And um, that's, that's what we're here for. We're celebrating Easter Right? We all know what we're here for. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. You know, Friday night, we had a beautiful communion table set up here in the room, and we had a cross in the back, and we had everyone take a piece of paper and write something on that that Jesus took on the cross, that we want to remind ourselves that Jesus took this weakness. He took this pain. He took this sin that, that I'm carrying, whatever it is, and we nailed it to the cross, and then this is the picture of from the ashes of our sin and our weakness, this is what comes from. It's the beauty, the beauty from ashes. And so that's what we're celebrating today. He makes all things new. I love that, that he was on it. Ashley was reading from Isaiah 61. That's why Jesus came, because the spirit of the Lord was upon him, to exchange our weakness, our failure for something better. And Jesus paid the price. So that's why we're here. I want to do, I'm, I'm a little different. I'm outside the box. Brother James, it's wonderful to see you, sir. A Prophet is in the house. Yes, sir. We honor you, Brother James, and for who you are. So many of us have had prophetic words and prayers from you and Lisa through the years, and we bless you. We bless your family. So thank you for being here, sir. And if you get a prophetic word, this is your house. You have, you have something? Just let me know. Give me a sign. Well, come on. Come on, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Brother James. Bless you, sir. Bless you, bless you. Okay, sir. Um, Brother, uh, Pastor, the, the very moment you, um, you heard me when I came in, uh, whilst you were coming to me, the Lord told me, that is King Josiah. Then I said to myself, his son is Josiah too. But it's in Second uh, Kings 22, and it talks about Josiah when he was eight years old, and uh, he was made king. And when he reigned 13 years after that, the Lord began to stir in his heart. There's something that you may know or you don't know about Pastor Jared. He's concerned about the house of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. He is. Before you told me what you told me, and I had read Josiah before, and you told me a little bit about what's going to happen there, I realized that God is in your life, and he is tearing you up to do great things. However, there's timing and everything, just like we discussed. And so Josiah began to seek the face of the Lord, and he asked them to go into the house of the Lord and to bring the book out. And when they brought the book, he read it, and he knew what was going on. But God likened him to his father, David. All the kings of Judah who did well, God likened them to the king, uh, the, their father, David. So you have that Davidic spirit. And you want to, David was concerned about the house of the Lord, and he was ready to build the house. But God said, you have fought battles, you cannot do it, your son Solomon will do it. That spirit, may you continue in that. The joy for the Lord, 
and then also the desire to make sure the house of the Lord is in proper place. Because Josiah made sure that the money, and this is where the problem is with churches, the monies that come in. The money, Josiah made sure that it was properly used for the house of the church. And that's why I came to talk to you about it. Used properly for the house of the church, of the, of the Lord. And you are not like one of those guys because you are of your father. You have the spirit of David who loves the house of the Lord and you're going to do great things. And because before him was Manasseh, who was a wicked king. And so I bless you and I encourage you and I say to you, you are on the right path, continue. And whilst I was here worshiping, the Lord began to show me a fountain that has broken and it's a river and it's coming down towards this church. Every debris, every, every I mean, th things that are dirty in the house, that fountain is going to scrape it off and cause a refreshing to come. Don't be afraid. Don't look at numbers. You keep at it. You keep at it. It's the Lord who gives the increase. The Lord knows your heart and you are desired to build for him. He will make sure you build according to all that he has shown you. Your plans are different from your dad, who was Pastor Patterson, and your grandpa, your grandpa. You're going to do great. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless uh, Pastor uh, Jared Patterson, and I declare that the grace of God that passes all understanding will fill this young man wisdom beyond his age to be able to discern and know what is the season, what the seasons are for him and for the church, and that he will walk faithfully before you and will never allow anything to subvert what you want to do with him and through him. We give you praise. We give you honor. We call forth souls from all over. Relocate people. Relocate people. Relocate people for the sake of this church. Relocate them. Bring them from California. Bring them from New York. Bring them from uh, uh, North Carolina. Bring them from Wisconsin. Bring them further from Maine. Bring them from every part of this country and also beyond. And bring them to this church. Relocation. We speak into being. And let them come and find the fountain that is flowing here. That river of life that is clear and refreshing. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. So good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Amen. We bless you and your family. Man. Told you there was a prophet in the house. If you want a prophetic word or prayer, there's prophet in the house. Man, from the first time I met him, man, it's just an anointing and a humility and a prophetic flows, and it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing. Everyone, you're here for a reason today. And yeah, we're here to celebrate. It's, it's our Super Bowl Sunday for, for Christians and, and all that stuff. But I, I want to call us back to the whole purpose of why Jesus came. And Jesus, they didn't crucify Jesus just because he was a good man. They crucified Jesus because he said he was the son of God. They crucified Jesus because he said he was the Messiah and he did miracles. They crucified him because he healed people on the Sabbath. They crucified him because he ate 
with sinners and tax collectors and rejected the religious class, the upper class. He went with the lowly people. He wanted to be with them. They crucified him because he was different from anyone else they'd ever seen before. He was not like the other teachers. You know, there were many people that said they were the Messiah or people thought they were the Messiah in Jesus's time. Did you know that? Many people were great. I mean, they thought John the Baptist was the Messiah. And he's like, no, no, it's not me. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes, the guy that's coming. Many people would rise up and have magnetic personalities and followings and teachings, and people would follow them around, and they would think, this guy's the Messiah. But Jesus was different from every single one of them because he was the anointed one. Would you say anointed one? She read it from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then she listed the exchange that takes place. This is why they wanted to crucify him. This is what caused anger to rise up inside of people that should have known better. This is what caused people that were looking for the Messiah to miss him. Because of the anger and the way he caused, he, he offended their minds and it revealed what was in their heart. And I want to give you a perspective today and I hope that it unlocks something. I, I, how many have ever had a, don't, you don't have to raise your hand or do any, any form of a response. I'm just, this is a question out there. How many of you have ever had a difficult thing in your life and it's been a difficult thing to change? <laughs> like, oh, I, need, I know, and, and you're like, I'm working really hard for this thing to change. I think most of us think that the changes or the shifts that, that are supposed to take place in our life are, are supposed to be really difficult. And I want to tell you today that that's not how Jesus sees it. <laughs> Open your Bibles to Matthew 12. We're going to read this. He's the anointed one. Matthew chapter 12, and I'm going to start with verse 7. And, and Jesus and the, the Pharisees and the, the scribes and, and the priests and stuff are beginning to argue with Jesus about ministering on the Sabbath day. And he's giving them a lesson on what the Sabbath really looked like and that he was actually the temple and the dwelling place of God's spirit. And he says in verse 7, Matthew 12, verse 7, But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. All right, listen, listen to the thought. He's, he's setting a foundation for what he's about to say. He's saying, if you understood when I say I desire mercy, not sacrifice, if you would have understood that, then you would not have condemned people who were innocent. Would everyone say innocent? innocent. And then he goes on. He says, for the son of man is even the Lord of the Sabbath. And then here he goes. And when he departed from there, he went into the temple or to the synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand, someone who had a weakness, someone who had a frailty. And they asked him saying, they're trying to trap Jesus. And they said, hey, Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Because they wanted to accuse him because they were offended with him. And then Jesus said to them, what man is there among you? Who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift him out of the pit. All right? He's drawing a connection to the way they treat their own possessions, right? 
the way they treat the own, the, the own, their own things that they were responsible for. He's saying, how would you treat what you're responsible for? He said, if it's the Sabbath and you're out there and you see one of your sheep fall into a pit, every single one of you, because that's your sheep, would reach into the pit and release it. Yeah. Right? He goes, how much more value is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he blows their mind and he offends them. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched the hand out and was restored and healed instantly. Then the Pharisees began to plot how they were going to destroy Jesus. I, I, I didn't want to preach a sermon today. I purposely didn't craft a sermon, an Easter sermon. I purposely did it because the Lord said he wanted to release people that had fallen into a pit. He wanted to release captives and he wanted to release prisoners. There's another place in the gospels where the similar story is taking place. And Jesus says to one of them, if your donkey got caught up in the rope and couldn't be released into the pasture, how many of you on the Sabbath would not untie the donkey, un- unloosen the, the knot that was caught so that so the animals could go out and find good pasture? And he's saying, that's what I'm doing when I heal on the Sabbath. Hebrews continues and talks about this, this concept of the Sabbath. And for those that, that may not fully understand this, and, and we don't talk a lot about it anymore, we don't really keep a Sabbath the way typically we should. Um, a Sabbath was the day of rest. God created on six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. That's what the name Saturday, Sabbath, that's what the Sabbath, Saturday is to be the Sabbath day. We set aside Sunday as, as Westerners. I, I can't speak a little Spanish there, right? <laughs> Just a little bit. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but there's supposed to be a day where we cease from all of our striving and all of our rest and all of our toil. And we've, we've lost the art of the Sabbath, and, and Jesus is saying that I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then Hebrews says that there is a Sabbath rest still available to us. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we now know that every day can be a day of rest. Every day can be a day of Sabbath. And what the, the point that I'm trying to make here is he's drawing this really childlike connection to people that have a sickness people who are demon-possessed, people who have a weakness in their life, he's comparing it to a, a sheep falling into a pit. Did the sheep do anything wrong? No. The sheep stumbled into a pit. Did the donkey do anything wrong that he got his rope all tied in knots where he couldn't go out to the pasture and eat the good grain in the field that the, that the owner had provided for him? No. He just got trapped. And sometimes in life, we just fall into a pit and we just get trapped. And I love that Jesus said they're guiltless. They were innocent. And what I want to say is that sometimes people find themselves in situations. They're like, I don't know how I got here. But Jesus looks at it as simply as lifting a sheep out of a pit or untying a rope from a donkey so that it can be released out to graze. It's not a difficult thing for people to be set free. It's not a difficult thing for people's lives to be turned around in one moment. This man, it doesn't tell us how long here. Oftentimes when Jesus would heal someone, it would tell this man was paralyzed for 40 years or from birth or this woman had an issue of blood for for 12 or 13 years. Like we, we hear these dates. We don't know how long this man suffered with a withered hand. But in one second, his life was changed because Jesus said, oh, he fell into a pit. 
Now I want to read another scripture here, all right? In 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, 8, if you want to write that, that reference down. The second part of the verse says, The reason that the Son of God was revealed was to undo and to destroy the works of Satan. Another translation says, for this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of Satan. Most of us know this scripture if I start it. The thief comes only to kill and to destroy. What's the rest of it? Jesus says, I have come that you may have life abundantly. So the enemy came for only one purpose, to steal from people, to kill people's livelihood, to strangle them. The word there is actually strangle, to slaughter, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the Bible says that Jesus came for one purpose, was to completely destroy the works of Satan, completely undo the tied up donkey, to undo the sheep that fell into the pit. And it's a simple thing, all right? And, and over the last few weeks, the Lord has begun to alert us um, back to our DNA as a house of seeing captives and prisoners set free. And he's been begin to revive stories. We begin to tell stories. We begin to do research. I, I think I even shared even last Sunday, we used to have classes for our ushers and greeters on how to handle when someone was being released or set free or healed, how to pray for the sick, how if, some, if the Spirit of God hit someone and they fell over, how you're supposed to catch a man versus how you're supposed to catch a woman, how you're supposed to treat these situations. We were trained for it because it happened all the time. It happened all the time. People were released from captivity. People were released in the middle of worship service. People were released in the middle of altar service during the sermon. People would walk into the foyer and someone would lay hands and pray on them and they would be delivered from an oppressive spirit that came, a weight that came over them. And here's the point. I want people to understand if you are oppressed by the enemy, it's not from God. It's not from God. If you have been struggling with something for a long time, it's not from God. He's, he's, not, he's not one to put heavy burdens upon us. Jesus says, are you tired and you, are you worn out? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Say it again. Rest. Rest. Then he says, take my yoke. The yoke that we carry, the burdens that we carry are heavy. But when we hand them to Jesus, he takes the heavy burden and he gives us his burden. And he says, my yoke is light and it's easy. It's a reward. It's not a duty. It's not a responsibility. It's a reward that I lay upon you. And I feel so strongly over the last few weeks that we begin to have encounters with people that are carrying heavy burdens and heavy yokes and they are oppressed by the enemy. And you're like, well, I'm a Christian. I can't be oppressed by the devil. Completely untrue. Ephesians tells us not to give the enemy a foothold. The enemy can mess with us, whether we're a believer or not a believer, if we allow him to mess with us. If we come into agreement with the lies that he says. And that's what he does. He comes in and lies to us. He tells us lies. And then he feeds the lie. And then he brings um, information and facts and statistics to make the lie seem really believable. And then he gets us to step into, if we're believers, to step into our Pharisee attitude. And we begin to try to manage this thing because we're supposed to manage it. We're supposed to take care of it instead of releasing it to him. And I'm not interested in 
sermons. I'm not interested in gathering just to say, oh, we had a good time today. We got to take a picture with the family. We all dressed up. We did the Easter egg hunt. I'm not interested in just doing those things. I love them, but that's not why we're here. And Jesus didn't die for us to just gather in a little room, sing some songs, go home and feel a little bit better about our lives, and then get back to carrying the heavy burdens that we had. Jesus didn't do all he did for us to live like that. He didn't pay a heavy penalty for us to just have an average, normal life. He didn't do all of that and say, I'll take your burdens for us to feel like we have to carry them. He's saying, release them to me. It's the Sabbath. There's a place of rest for you. You do not have to carry this. You do not have to walk with it. I didn't make this for you. He even says, it even says in his word, that he will not, not put upon us anything that's ill-fitting. We misquote that scripture all the time. God will not put more on us than we can, can bear. No, it says God will not allow more to be put upon us than we can bear. And the other translations say he will not let anything be put upon us that is ill-fitting. Amen. Yeah. I've got some clothes in my closet that are ill-fitting. <laughs> they don't fit right. Some of them are way too tight in the, the belly area. And then some of them, I, I've lost some weight. And I'm like, I, these are ill-fitting. We were talking about this before. But Jesus fashions for every single one of us, every single one of us, a tailored suit, a tailored dress perfectly to our proportions, to our personalities, to what we're supposed to carry. And anything that isn't according to the proportions he designed for us is not from him. We do not have to carry it. It's not our burden. And what the enemy tries to do is tries to make us feel like that we're evil because we're carrying this burden. And all we simply need to do is realize, I stumbled into a pit but there is someone who will lift me from the pit. I can't get out of the pit. I'll, I'll just make it worse. I will make it worse. But if we will come to Jesus, he will lift us out of the pit. And it's easy. I felt so strong that I was supposed to say it this way today. It's easy to be set free today. It's easy. To be released from a heavy burden that you're carrying. Someone here is carrying mental anguish and it's affecting your memory. The Lord wants to release you from it right now. I mean like mental trauma and it's affecting your memory. He wants to release you from it today. He says to you now, you have a sharp mind. You have, you have the ability to pull memories back right now. He's going to bring back and restore the sharpness of your mind. He's going to release you from the trauma. Come on. Someone here, you're like, man, I made some really bad mistakes, and so I'm, I'm having to deal with the consequences of those mistakes for my life, and they have become heavy burdens. The Lord wants to shift your perspective today and actually reveal to you the blessing that these things can become, because he takes all things, all things, and causes them to work for our good. All things. The exchange that she talked about from Isaiah 61 that Jesus reads again in Luke chapter 4 where he says, On this day, as he read Isaiah 61, I have fulfilled this. The exchange that he's talking about is for every single one of us. I made horrible decisions. That's okay. Our legal system, if we break the law, there's an appropriate sentence that goes with the law we broke. But the sentence comes to an end. <laughs> 
It's, I keep just seeing that analogy in my head. Your sentence is, it's over. Jesus paid for it. It's time to be released from that. Someone else here or, or watching at home, you've had to step into the role of, a, of responsibility that wasn't supposed to be your role. And you just like, I have to do it because there's no one else here to do it. And you've stepped into that role with a great attitude, but it's begun to kill you from the inside out. And the Lord wants to restore order. I don't know if it's in marriage or in your home or a relationship or a business, a business partnership. I don't know what it is. But he wants to restore the order where people are put back into the roles they were supposed to be in. And it's not only going to unlock you. It's going to unlock your partner. Amen. I love what Ashley said. They were wondering, is this real? Was everything he said true? Was this all a lie? Did they feel foolish for believing? <laughs> Did they feel ashamed for buying into this man for three, three and a half years? And then when he revealed himself, he walks into the room with them. I can just feel it. Oh, everything he said was true. I made a good choice to follow him. It wasn't a lie. I don't feel foolish. I feel like the Lord wants to do that for someone here today. It's all true. Everything he says is true. Everything he says about himself is true. He does not lie. God is not man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he would change his mind. God does not lie. He only speaks the truth. Today, we're celebrating Jesus being resurrected from the dead. Uh, we opened the service. Rodney opened with it. We're new. We're new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. The exchange that's taken place. See, this exchange is meant to be lifestyle. Like, I, I, I exchange my stuff for his. And then now... As I ex take the exchange, and now he puts upon me his burden, his clothes, his righteousness, his mercy, his goodness, then some giftings and some abilities are going to begin uh, to manifest, are going to show, show up, and we're going to get to learn how to use them. We're going to learn how to operate in them. For we used to do this as well, and I, I'm just going to meander. We used to do this as well. We, we take spiritual gift surveys, and we try to find out what were our spiritual giftings and where had God gifted us specifically. And we've gotten away from that. And I, I feel like God's going to begin to uh, stir up spiritual giftings that we used to operate in, that we just set aside for responsibility. We set aside for doing things, for working. We're, we're worried about many things, but, but not worried about the right things. And I feel like the Lord's going to begin to stir that up as well inside Today's a day for heavy burdens to be lifted. You know, we've been talking about for weeks that people, we've been encountering people that have been tormented from the enemy. They've been tormented. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it on their face. They carry a heavy burden. And they've been, we've been seeing it happen here in this house. And people have been telling me testimonies of how they've run into people that were tormented and they got to minister, they got to talk to, they got to experience this thing. God's doing something right now of releasing captives and prisoners. It's, a, it's an hour for it. It's a season for it. And I, I don't want anyone to leave today without letting him lift whatever burden it is, whatever it is. Like let your mind 
go crazy right now. Oh, anything's possible. We open with it. Anything's possible. Yeah, anything's possible. He's better than we can even imagine. Beyond what we could ask or think, the Bible says. He will do all of it according to his power that works within us. Come on. Today's a day for Jesus to lift people out of pits, to release captives and prisoners. And there's this thing about divine order. And as things are put in their right place, things function easier. Things function properly. Um, Brother James talked about the timing of God. Like, it's so specific. The the 13 years was really specific to to Mandy and I. Um, What you don't know is like in 2008 was when we went to go pastor. That was 13 years ago. Okay, so December, we had an encounter right here on this stage with a man of God named Corey Russell that rocked my world. We've talked about it since. And there was this explosion of the Holy Spirit and intercession took place. And these, these, we were filming a, a, a master class. And as I, as I sat down at the table, a bomb went off as soon as my rear end hit the chair. And these people began to intercede and begin to pray and cry out to God. And, and then all of a sudden, they're like, it's for this church. And they, they didn't know anything about us. They didn't know this place. And they were beginning for 30 minutes, begin to pray to break up the fallow grounds, begin to prophesy to the DNA of this house, begin to, to say this church was made for revival, and begin to stir that up again. So that was a 13, exactly, almost to the day, a 13-year mark, because it was December of 2008. This was December of 2021. There's just this timing thing that happens in people's lives. And I want to, I want to release that over your family, over your home right now, that there's a divine order and timing. And the, the Bible says often, and when time had fully come, when the date set by the father, then this thing happened. There's a date set for you right now. And it's different. Things are going to happen for all of us, but there's a, something God's released for it. It's like a time capsule and he's releasing something for you right now. Would you close your eyes? Jesus, right now, over every person in this room, over every family member, we call the divine time the divine order over their life, over the destiny that they carry right now. We say, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the, the, the time of the Lord. It's the year of the Lord, the favorable year of the Lord of their life. We release them from the struggle against the clock, and we release them into where timing just clicks in, and the, the, the rhythm of heaven comes to their life. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, here's how we're going to end service. Would you stand? We're gonna, I'm going to read through that. Ashley had no idea. These were in my notes. I'm going to read back through this. Isaiah 61, and then Jesus repeats it in Luke 4. So we're going to have an altar call. Lance, if you don't mind, you can play. And I'm going to call these things out again. And there are other things. If you feel like you have a heavy burden, you've been carrying something, you want Jesus to release you, he wants to heal you, he can heal your body, he can heal your marriage, he can heal your finances, he can set you free from whatever struggle you've been going through today. And this is what it says, all right? So he quotes Isaiah 61 in Luke 4. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. It's good news. Come on. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
Anyone got a broken heart? I came in today with a broken heart, honestly. And as I sat there, I got a text from someone. Anyway. Told me, they, they told me they loved me and I needed it. I really needed it. Right at 1032, got a text. I just felt a deep sense that I needed to tell you I love you, brother. They didn't do anything wrong. They just got taken captive. The other translation says in prisoners. Prisoners are those that did do something wrong. He releases them too. Captives and prisoners. A recovery of sight to the blind. Anyone having a hard time seeing, discerning the times, knowing what's going on? Even Maybe physically your eyes are, 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 are an issue or it's a spiritual thing or, or being able to understand a thing. I don't know why this just isn't breaking through. I need a, 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 one of the prophetic words I saw was God wants to give you the password that you've been needing to unlock something. That's what I hear when I hear the recovery of sight to the blind. I can't see this. It's cloudy. The Lord's going to give you a password where you can see clearly. And he says to set free those who are oppressed. Oppressed. There's oppressed people everywhere. Jesus came to set them free. Come on. Then he goes on and he says to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for heaviness. And I want to invite you to the front. Someone's going to come pray with you. If you want to be set free from a heavy burden today, you want Jesus to release you from it. The enemy has come to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus came to give you life abundantly. He came to destroy the works of Satan. See, the enemy, he cannot create. I'm going to finish with this. Satan has no creative power. The only thing he can do is pervert what God has gifted us with. And he twists it, and he perverts it, and he shifts it. And the Lord has come to undo how he's got his grubby hands on blessings from God. So if you want freedom, you want breakthrough today, would you please come to the front? We're going to pray for you. Let me say this. If you are far from Jesus, if you don't know who Jesus is, let me stop now. We've had quite a few the last few weeks answer this call and give their hearts to Jesus and surrender. So if you're here and you say, I just want to raise my hand and say, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to give Jesus my heart. I want Jesus to be the center. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Just raise it up, put it back down. Thank you. If you're at home, raise it anyway. You're by yourself at home, raise your hand, put it back down. There's just something about this act of surrender, this public declaration. Anyone else? I want Jesus to be the center. I want to give Jesus the authority of my life. Yes. Let's come up to here to the front. You answered any of these calls, come to the front. We're going to begin to pray. We're just going to make this a house of prayer. If someone comes to you and lays hands on you, if you want to, please tell them what you're praying for. There's power and partnership in prayer. We release you right now. I'm going to pray from here just to get it started, then I'm not going to talk. Uh, we'll bless you at the end. But Jesus, we release captives and prisoners.
We release the heavy yoke and the, the burden that people have carried. We restore divine order in the homes and the marriage. We, de we, we declare this is the favorable year of the Lord. This is the year of the Lord. This is the year of the Lord for you. This is the date and the time God has set for you right now. Divine order. We release you from oppression. We release you from mourning. We release you from a broken heart. <laughs> Your season of brokenheartedness is over. In Jesus' name, he's going to give you the oil of gladness instead of pain and despair. into the kingdom of light. It happens instantly. It happens in a moment. When we turn to the Lord, he shows up. When we step toward him, he steps toward us. I don't know if there's anyone that's at, at their seat or anyone in the room that's saying, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to adjust some things in my life. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. And then things will be better. That's a lie. That's a lie. It is a religious lie. The only thing that makes things better is surrender to Jesus. As I surrender to him, then he orders my steps. He helps me know what I need to adjust. He addresses things in his season. See, if you're sitting there thinking, I need to address this thing, and Jesus didn't tell you to address it, it's the enemy accusing you. It's the accuser. Do you hear me? If, you, if something came to your mind and you're like, oh, I need to fix that thing, that's the liar, the accuser. The Holy Spirit can reveal it, and it feels differently. It feels differently when the Holy Spirit does it. He pulls us close. He doesn't make us feel far. He doesn't say, oh, in a day or in a week, we'll feel better. He comes close now, and then he'll address what he wants to in his time. So don't buy this religious lie. We release you from this, this religion. We love our religion. We love our lists and our rules. Jesus just wants surrender. He wants lordship. We release the lordship of Jesus in this house. Jesus is Lord. Would you say that? Jesus is my Lord. You are Lord of my life. You are the Lord. You are the boss. Jesus, Lord. Master, <laughs> it's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. entire life you're as good as you say you are Jesus
release you from torment. Worry is torment. We release you from it. Worry is torment. We release you from it in Jesus' name. My dad used to do this. 
I ran from it. <laughs> but I think it's something on it for the house. And I bless you with Sabbath rest. If you just want to raise your hand, it's like a sign of agreement. We bless you with, a, with rest, with peace in your homes. We bless you with sleep at night. We bless you with dreams and visions. <laughs> we bless you with health and wholeness. I bless your marriage with fun and adventure. Yeah, amen. We bless our marriages with fun and adventure. We bless our children with fun and adventure. May our homes be the dwelling place of God's spirit. I bless you with the rest and peace of Jesus. Thank you for being here. Please get your picture made. We have Nicole's out there taking pictures in the front lobby. We want to we get you pictures of family photos, hang out, drink coffee. Yes. Thank you. If you're a guest and you didn't get a coffee mug and a prophetic word from us, we have those at the front as well. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here. We bless you in Jesus' name.